an excellent double hundred from Ben Dunn. That's a tremendous stuff. He touches the air and rightly so. Richard Shipley giving a magnificent ovation. He's got enough on that. That's the beauty of North Sydney Oval. Hello and welcome to the Pitch Report or welcome back if you are a returning listener. My name is James Barr. I'm here with my co-host Stephen Kelly. Stephen, how are you, mate? I'm great, man. Happy to get back into it. Yes, yes. Uh, we are approaching the business end of the domestic cricket season now. The BBL is over. The international summer is gone. But uh, yes, plenty happening in domestic cricket and we've got plenty to talk about today. But the focus of our episode today is actually going to be the BBL. I know we mainly focus on uh, more of the Sheffield Shield and One Day Cup stuff, but um, it's become such an issue now and everybody seems to have an opinion about how to fix the Big Bash. And we're going to have a look at some people and what they've suggested to to do so, and we're going to rate their ideas and then we're going to sort of propose a few ideas of our own. Um, And we'll get into that a little bit later. But before that, um, as I mentioned, uh, the state cricket is back. Uh, It's in full flow now. And just a few little talking points. Ben Menenti is in the top six for South Australia. Don't you love seeing that? It's, it's an interesting choice. I, at first when I saw it, I didn't really think it was a good idea. Uh, but his recent form with the bat's been excellent. So um, I think if he, he's been South Australia's best bat. Exactly. Yeah. So couple of matches, if, you yeah. Can, if you can keep going, then he might have a spot there. Well, I think his early season form with the bat sort of showed that he can be that number six sort of batsman. Um, I, I don't think ever before anyone had really considered him more than a, a number eight at, mm. at most, um, a, a bowler who could bat a bit, but he's a genuine all-rounder now, I think, in especially in my eyes uh, at least. And, um, yeah, no, I, I can see this being a, a thing going forward for the foreseeable future, I think. Moving on, what is going on at Junction Oval, Steve? It's very exciting, if I'm being honest. The last game, we got a result in three days. Yeah. And previous matches, well, at least before this year, we wouldn't have seen a result in six days. No, yeah. What, what was going on? The run- Victoria. The runway's gone. Uh, it's now just a, I don't know how to describe it. It's a minefield. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch too much of that game, but um, from what I could tell, it was a lot of seam bowling wickets, actually. Yeah, it in, was. Instead yeah. of spin bowling wickets. Uh, I know they were trying to sort of convert it into a more of a spinner's pitch, but um, yeah. yeah, it was a, lo- a lot of sort of fast bowler wickets and, and good wickets there yep. from Sutherland Perry, uh, Fergus O'Neill. He's kicked along. He's that's that's along. another one yeah. we, uh, we're wanting to mention uh, later on. Um, just with the one-day cup as well, really good to see Tom Rogers getting his debut for Victoria, Paddy Dooley, Josh Brown, all these guys that we've seen in the big bash over the summer, probably deservedly so. Um, yeah, it's one of the really, like, the great benefits of the big bash when, like, just afterwards in the – um, the guys who have performed well in the Big Bash, they usually get an opportunity in the um, domestic cup or the um, the Shield. So uh, good, good luck to those boys. Um, best well, they're not the only ones as well. Queensland ha- has had a few. Uh, Tom Whitney, Scott McGiffin and Jackson Field. Jackson Field especially has had a really good start yeah, to his domestic good. career. I, yeah, I like what he's been showing. So Yeah, because uh, obviously Kuhneman got called up to the test squad and so Sinfield's been uh, parachuted into the to the Queensland side and he ended up taking six wickets in yep. his, his first Shield game and um, performed well in the One Day Cup as well. Uh, who else? Ta- uh, Ian Carlisle for Tassie as well. He's been there a few years coming down from New South Wales and finally getting an opportunity there. Uh, similar with Tom O'Donnell. Uh, he was in the, the Vic setup a few years ago with a rookie contract. He hasn't been contracted for a while and it was interesting to say, I wasn't expecting him to, to be back, but um, son of Simon O'Donnell as well, uh, yeah, former is, yeah. Victorian Australian cricketer. Uh, Spencer Johnson, another one on the back of the Big Bash. Oh, he looks really promising. He does, yeah. 
Again, another one who's been in the system for a, quite a while now and just finally seems to be kicking on, uh, Harry Matthias as well. Uh, that, getting was, his, that was an interesting debut. Did you know how that oh, happened? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Harry Nielsen. Well, Harry what? Nielsen got gastro the night before the game, so in the morning. Oh, that'd be it then. So in yeah. the morning, they, had, they were in Victoria, so that's a call. Harry, um, sorry, um, yeah, Harry Matthias, who was in South Australia, so we had to fly in oh, no. the morning of, so he missed the first, like, uh, First 15 overs or whatever. So I think oh, Tom, Tom Kelly was keeping. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah. know why there wasn't more on that because yeah, that, exactly. that's very interesting. Um, and another thing, well, obviously with Nick Maddinson going down with an ACL injury yeah, during the big bash, which is um, disappointing. Um, mm. Will Sutherland has taken a, taken on the captaincy in the shield. Uh, I, this was a little bit unexpected. Marcus Harris probably yeah. could have done it, but I guess they're, they're always looking to the future of the Vicks. Um, that's mm. a, something we've seen from them uh, for the past few years since Chris Rogers took over. But uh, look, so far so good for, for Will Sutherland, hasn't it? Yeah, I like the move. It's really good. Um, it's a good opportunity for him and he's he's been pretty good this season. Um, it's probably his breakout season and um, it's a good good sort of development tool for him to um, improve his leadership. I think he's definitely got the leadership qualities there to to lead the side. Again, I think it was just a little bit unexpected. Um, Marcus Harris leading the uh, the one-day cup side as well. But no, ever since he's taken over, the Victor's been playing really well. So obviously no complaints. Uh, Obviously, we're both Victorian, Steve, so we're happy happy to see the Vicks doing well again. Um, They've had a really weird season, haven't they? Yeah, I thought they were going to be good at the start, close. sort of, yeah. and really, really dropped off it looked, hard. It looked bad in the middle, to be honest. Just but. before Christmas, and now they're yeah. back with a bang, and I they're feel looking. Like the big bash came at the perfect time. It just did. gave everyone a break, and absolutely, now, and then uh, come back, and now we're we're looking like we're going to make the shield final at this stage. If we if we get another win, maybe another two wins on the board, hopefully, just and, don't uh, choke, and they should be fine. Yeah, but even then, I think from here with. A top four finish is almost guaranteed, so which is great. Um, yeah. Considering where we thought we'd be, we probably could have been fifth or sixth uh, on the table. But um, mm. um, other than that, McDermott finally getting dropped by Tassie. Yeah. Um, he just like before Christmas, I said he needed a big, big bash. He just didn't have it. He didn't poor. get any out of the middle of the bat, and he's uh, he's just having an, a really off season. Yeah. Like it happens to the best of players, exactly. but um. So I think this is just his one. Hopefully he gets back into form next season. Mm. Uh, he just needs to go away for a little bit and uh, just sort of refresh the mind, I think. Um, come back to it and hopefully he'll be back to the, the Ben McDermott of old. Yeah, exactly. Now, I've got a couple of segments here. What do we want to get into first, Steve? What do you think? Hot and cold? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Hot and cold. So we mentioned him before, Fergus O'Neill. He's been a breakout star for Victoria. Um, I listened to his episode on the uh, Vic State Cricket Podcast, and uh, essentially from that I just got that he's grown in confidence a lot more. Marcus Harris was saying that he's just uh, really integrated into the side well now, and he feels like he can compete at the level, and he's really showing that now. He's, he's a really um, sort of you unique type of bowler is Chad Sayers like almost yeah um, doesn't bowl that quick for probably like 125 maybe yeah um, he just finds a spot but he, he really finds the spot constantly and he's, niggling around that off stump he's economical yeah. and he's been taking wickets now as well which is really really handy from yeah. a Victorian point of view just offers something different um, exactly, yeah. Matt Short as well his Victorian teammate had a massive big bash was was he the player of the tournament I can't remember, um, but he would have been up there. Yeah, um, he, he was definitely the, in the team of the yeah. season and was the leading run scorer as well. And he's uh, brought that form into into the Victorian side as well in the one-day cup and the shield, um, being a standout batsman Phenomenal. for them after having a probably a below-par 
sort of first half of the season. Yeah, he got for dropped. Him. He did. He got did. Um, and it's really good to see him doing well as well. And yep. now he's in, well, all of a sudden he's in uh, yeah. international conversations. Yeah, everybody's after- like, send him to India. I, I wouldn't recommend playing him in the test match, but... Um, after one yeah, first-class <laughs> hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, he's been phenomenal, hasn't he? Oh, he he's, he's very fun to watch because he just he explodes through that cover drive. I love his cover right. drive. Um, just gets his arms through it. And he does. Long phenomenal. limbs, long yeah. limbs. Yeah. Um, another bloke who's in, been in unbelievable form and I harp on about him every single podcast, I think. Um, Daniel Hughes making runs for fun still in the one-day cup. And, uh, He's taken that form into the shield now as well. Uh, he has. He retired hurt yesterday. I didn't see what happened, though, so yeah. hopefully that's nothing too yeah. serious. But um, I saw something that it, George Bailey was talking to him uh, at the – at the one day cup game the other day. And who knows what that conversation could have been. I'm not I sure think what he has to do. There's nothing more he can I'm do. I'm surprised really. they didn't just give him a shot in India. Cause you know, you got, um, Warner with his elbow, but he, um, he's somehow still in the ODI squad and they didn't. Well, give him in, in the one day setup, like, there's honestly, there's nothing more he can do. Yeah. Um, and I think the messaging from, from the selectors is that going into the world cup, their plan is to go with Warner and Head, yeah, but that's fine. Behind him, look, I'm I'm going with Daniel Hughes because obviously there is nothing more he can do, and he, he's well and truly earned his spot in an international side um, for Australia. So uh, it would be great to see him in there, but not getting my hopes up because I, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen or what the future holds. If David Warner's not fit, maybe he goes to India. That'd be nice. Um, but- he's a decent player, of spin, I believe, Daniel Hughes. So could definitely do a job there. Um, Spencer Johnson, we mentioned him before, um, been in great form for South Australia, was in good form for the Brisbane Heat at the back end of the BBL. And he's He's a South Australian teammate yes. as well. Wes, uh, he's uh, really taken a lot of wickets this season. He's yep. back with a bang. He barely Good played season. last season, and yep. uh, yeah, second on the wicket taking charts for in the sh- for the Shield, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, behind Michael Nisa, um, which is sort of good company to be in, isn't exactly. it? So- yeah, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, he had a very quiet. Um, last season, I wasn't sure if he was dropped or he just maybe ni- had a few niggles. But good to see him back in form. Um, it's done better than his brother. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, good to see um, Wes performing. Uh, good on him. Mm. Spencer Johnson, really exciting. He bowls really, really quick left armor. Yeah, just something different. I saw something he was going to play for Italy soon. Yep, yeah. If uh, he's he, playing he's European got, cricket, he's going to kill someone. Yeah, he's got dual citizenship, so that's a good move by the Italians to get a hold of him. Um, <laughs> best, best of luck to him. He might be the next Tim David. Uh, back on... The Victorians, Mitch Perry is another one who's really started to uh, come out of his shell and really show that he's yeah just a, a really good player. Yeah, he was dropped as well before um, the Big Bash, and then he, now he's come back with a bang, getting um, – I think he got his best figures the other day. Uh, yeah. And his batting is actually improving too. He's been the night watchman a couple of times. And I think it's always been there. Yeah. Like he's shown it. I think there was a game a few years ago where mm. Sam Harper made a, made a ton and Mitch Perry just hung with him for yeah, about right. 70 or 80 balls. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, really good game uh, a few years ago against South Australia. I can't remember whether there were – whether there was a result from that one, um, mm. but there probably wasn't. It was Junction Oval, the oh, old yeah. Junction Oval pitch. So, be true. Um, but this bloke, uh, there was conversations of moving him over to India um, in David Warner's absence. Cam Bancroft is making runs for fun in the Shield. It's, it's kind of scary to be honest. It's a uh, yeah, it's it's frightening just because it, he does it so easily and he plays for WA, obviously, and, it, and it's all across all formats as well, mm. which I find just 
Very interesting. You wouldn't pick Bancroft as like a very versatile batsman. Usually you think of him just as more of a a red ball player, but his white ball stuff is so good as Mm. well. It's so underrated. Um, And I know a lot of people would sort of not want to see him back in the Australian side for obvious reasons, but um, as well as when he did come back for that Ashes. Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was bang average, but um, he's he's a different player now, I think. And yeah. if he if he's back in the Australian side, I wouldn't be disappointed at no, all. No, no, I I honestly expected them to fly him over. To be honest, um, I thought that was the move, but um, they they went with Travis Head instead, and that's that's a good move as well. To be honest, so. that's fine. He's been doing all right. Yeah, like no worse than anyone else. Yeah, I feel like Bancroft probably do similarly because he's never played in India. So yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe that's the thinking there. Bancroft never been to India, different conditions. So. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, um, we'll move on to our next segment, Steve. This is an exciting one. I like this one. It's called Crypto, um, the uh, domestic cricket stock market, I like to call it. Who are we buying? Who are we holding? Who are we selling? Who are we watching on the market, Steve? Who are you buying? I'm going to buy Spencer Johnson. Yes. Um, for obvious reasons, the man's brilliant. Um, he's going to play international cricket for Italy uh, and <laughs> – Maybe if he's successful at that, he might play international cricket for Australia. Uh, his bowling recently has been phenomenal. There's nothing more I can say, really. He's very handsome as well. He is. Um, yeah, he's just a- The Italian stallion. He's, he's a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, he's just a really- He's a really fast bowler. He's pretty accurate, to be honest. He's not like a wild thing, but um, mm. yeah. And he's really good at death, so- He is. Across, he's been bowling well across all formats, so- that's a yep. good thing to have bowling fast at the death. Mm. It, it can go against you sometimes yeah. if you're, you're getting edges down to the sort of fine like third man. But um, a lot of the time, it's well, blokes don't like facing fast bowling, and especially when you're when you're under pressure and facing the the quick stuff, it, it's not easy. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a, an Australian T20 side in the near future. I think for yeah. me. Matt Short, I'm jumping on the train because yep. hasn't played international cricket yet, but his form this season, if he keeps it up or just goes close to what he, how he's going at the moment and develops a bit of consistency, I think he'll be in an Australian side, maybe an ODI side. Yeah, maybe. Um, whether it's at the top of the order, the middle order, I think he needs to be at the top of the order to be at his best, but yeah, um, I, I think he can still play a role in the middle order as, as an all-rounder as well. Yeah, I suspect when he first gets his opportunity, he'll probably be in the middle order. Yeah. Um, but... Luckily, he also offers a bit with spin. So there's a lot of competition for spots because you got to remember you still got Josh Phillips, an unbelievable yeah. opening batsman yep. in in one day cricket coming through. Matt Shaw, Dan Hughes, as we as we mentioned, Travis Head's in there. Yep. Uh, David Warner's retiring soon, so there's going to be opportunities opening up there. So maybe yep. Matt Shaw could come in uh, at some stage once Warner's gone. Most likely after the World Cup, yeah, I think is think when so, we'll yeah. see the end of David Warner. But yep. um, yeah, Matt Short going well, and I'm jumping on the train. Who are you holding on, Steve? I'm holding Henry Thornton. Um, the last time we did this, I think I bought him, uh, and then he had a really good start to the Big Bash, and he fell off a cliff somehow. After that Sydney Thunder game yeah. where they pulled him out for he, 13. He was on this, fire. Yeah. 13, then, 15? can't remember. Something like, something like that. Not, uh, not good. Might have been 15, yeah. But, yeah, then since then he's sort of struggled for form a bit. He got dropped from the Adelaide Strikers. He's 
Um, I think, I think he's playing for South Australia at the moment, but he's not consistently. He's not taking as many wickets yeah, as he was. He's but, not bowling the same pace, but I'm just going to hold on him. Um, yeah, I would too. But I yeah, definitely wouldn't so, be selling him. No, I wouldn't sell him. Absolutely yet, not. But, um, I'm going to hold on another South Australian. It's Henry Hunt. Hasn't been in the best of form. No. Um, has it been all season or is it just after Christmas? I, I feel like he wasn't in great form no, yeah. before Christmas as well. He hasn't been making as many runs, uh, especially well, con- considering how good he was last season. Yeah. And people were saying that he was next in for the Australian side as an exactly, opener. Yeah. Well, they, they gave him the captaincy and now he stepped down from the captaincy as well. So oh, has he really? Yeah, Jake Lamb's taken over. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but no, I'm going to hold on Henry Hunt because I think yep. he's still got real potential and yeah. he's, he's just having a, a bit of an off-season and similar to Ben McDermott. Who are you selling, Steve? I'm selling Ben McDermott. You're selling Ben McDermott. <laughs> that's a great segue, that one. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah. Definitely intentional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, last segment we did this, I had him on hold. Mm. And yeah, he's just, he's not doing it for me at the moment. How old is he now? I should look that up. Yeah, he's, um, he's not, he's certainly not young anymore. He's an experienced player. So his international opportunity, uh, his window's running out. He's 28 years old now. 28. Yeah. Um, so he's getting up in the, he's not, he's not old. Too bad, but, um, he's Mike Hussey. The, well, the example's still there. Like you, true, you true. don't have to be too young to play international cricket. Usman yeah. Kawaja and David Warner are still going around. Usman Kawaja is still probably in, almost in career best form, honestly. Yep. He's um, been he's been great. But, but yeah, with Ben, I, I just, I think I'm selling him from the Tassie team at the moment. Like, I reckon mm. for this season, I think he might be kind of done, uh, in terms of quality runs, but next season he might be able to bounce back. Get on him early before his price goes up. Exactly. Steve. Yeah. Uh, gotta sell him now. Uh, there might be a chance he is a Queenslander, so maybe he'll move back up there. We'll see. I'd like to see that. Mm. That'd be interesting. Um, for me, I'm selling Daniel Sams. Uh, look, I've never really seen that much in him. I, I've never really sort of jumped on the, the bandwagon for him as a player. I yep. could never really understand why he was in the Australian side, honestly, other than that he, uh, got some, well, lucky wickets in the big bash from yeah, time right. to time. I think that, oh, this is probably going to sound harsh on him, but yeah, I look, uh, I just don't think he offers that much, especially from a, a first class cricket point of view. I don't see him in an ODI side anytime soon. T20 maybe, but his run of form has run its course. Um, that little period where he was playing for Australia. Um, but uh, yeah, from like a domestic cricket point of view, I think there's better options there for New South Wales to go with. Um, so I'm going to jump off. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right. Who are you watching on the market, Steve? This is an interesting one you've got down here. Yeah, um, Dylan Brasher. He plays for Footscray in Premier Cricket. Uh, he's just he's been playing for um, Victoria Second Eleven at the moment. Mm. It's, uh, across the uh, summer this season, he's been averaging fifty seven, and it's he, very handy. he made one hundred and thirteen for the Second Eleven. Uh, I think just keep an eye on him. I'm, I'm not sure if he'll debut at the end of this Shield season because you know yeah, Victoria could be so. playing in the final. Yeah. But I think. I think he might be... Just keep an eye on him. Yeah, keep an eye on him. I think he could be one to watch in the future. He's an opening batter um, and... Well, Will Pukowski's actually playing second 11. He is. So uh, they might find a different area for him to bat, but yeah, we'll see. With the Victorians uh, obviously willing to give opportunities to younger players, I think mm. he's definitely going to get an opportunity in the next few years if he keeps making runs yep. and keeps taking his opportunities at Premier Cricket and second 11 level. And with that, that is all we have for our domestic cricket segment. So let's get on to the big discussion, Steve. How do we fix the Big Bash? How do we fix the Big Bash? Well, is it broken? I think it is. Yeah, a little. I will say this, though. This season has been better 
Yes. Uh, it's still too long, and I think they're they're making some adjustments. Yes, thank, thank, thank you, year. Channel Seven, for doing that. Because um, yep. I think it, all fans were calling for that, even players were calling for that. Um, there were sort of a minority of players that um, had spoken out and saying that the the length of the Big Bash was actually okay and that they enjoyed it. But mm. um, I think, yeah, for all fans, pretty much, it's just dragging on way too much yeah. um, in its current format, and that they are going to go back to what was it, ten games each team so. um, from next season onwards, uh, which is going to be really really good it's going to keep engagement a lot higher throughout the season um they're going to retain fans retain yeah retain that engagement for a longer period of time so that the back end doesn't feel like it's dragging out as much but Mm. we'll get on i've got sort of looked up a few articles here of people who have suggested ideas to improve the quality of the game in the big bash the first one is from the raw this is from 2022 the first one, cut back the number of games, including finals. What do you think of this, Steve? Yeah, I think that's just the. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of the final system with the five. Yeah, teams it's a bit through. messy, isn't it? Yeah, I understand why they did it, but you can just do that because um, the team that somehow snuck into fourth somehow just kept winning the big bash, and the team that finished yeah. first just. Uh, it's the Renegades rule, wasn't it? Because Renegades finished first in I think the mm. second BBL, and they got beaten by the Heat. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think what you could do instead is maybe one versus two when it goes through, kind of like that. Yeah, I, I would and agree with that. I was about to suggest that. I think that's three the versus best. Four. Yeah. The best way to do it. Yeah. If you want to avoid that. Um. Yeah. What's your ideal number of games for each team? Do you think it's it's that ten, or do you think maybe a little bit less? Even uh, go back to the eight games per team as we used to have it. Maybe. Yeah. Because everyone, how many times do people play each other? It's ridiculous. It's fourteen now. 14, eight, well, from last season yeah. and the past few seasons, it's been, yeah, full home and away season. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think you need to play, I reckon play every team twice at least. And then I'm not sure if you need much. Well, there, there's your 14. Oh, is that it? Yes. Oh, okay. That's too much then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's been the big debate. They, they've wanted a full sort of yeah. round robin sort of style, but yeah. it just, it's been too much to cram into a month of, of cricket. Yeah. Well, then you probably have to play everyone once and then you play your main rival twice. That might be. Well, that, that's when they had the eight and that's how it worked. But I yeah. think, I think 10 games is, is a Ten's good balance better, between yeah. like the commercial revenue sort of, um, side of it and the, the fan perspective. I, I think, I think it's a, a nice little balance. Hopefully, well, obviously we won't know until next season whether it's, uh, effective in, yeah. in doing so, but I, I think it's, yeah, it strikes a real balance. It's not too much of a, a drastic change over to, to the other side where you're just cutting heaps of games. Yeah. Almost cutting half the season. I think it um, also depends on when you play the games. As it well. does. A, a lot yeah. of it does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Another suggestion they made was shorten the fixture window. I'm, I'm in full agreement with this. I think I'd, it should not be starting before Christmas for me. I don't think, um, it always has, or it seemed to sort of around, I don't know, a week before Christmas maybe, but it's really, really, um, eating up December at the moment. I think they started just December nine, I want to say yeah, they always last season, which is just way too soon. Yeah. Um, it's overlapping way too much with the, uh, the test cricket window, yeah. um, in Australia and Agreed. the, the test team just can't pick players based off shield form. And that's a major, major issue for me and has been for a number of years now. Um, yeah. I think you and I have a similar thought. We, I think the perfect way to start the big bash is with like the New Year's Eve game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have discussed this previously. I think that'd mm. just be a massive spectacle uh, kicking off the, the big bash on New Year's um, in Adelaide playing 
Oh, Adelaide versus whoever won the Big Bash last yeah, exactly, season, yeah. maybe. Um, that'd be huge. Fireworks, everything. Yeah. Massive. I think that, yeah. that, And then, so then you've only got one test after that, uh, which so with the Sydney test, oh, if it's going to stay in Sydney <laughs> with the rain. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, you've only got one test after that where they're having to pick players based off BBL football. You would, probably wouldn't even have to because uh, you'd play Shield cricket up until Christmas and then you've got players in form and you know who's in form and yep. um, you're probably picking players based off that and you, you sort of know your, your squad for the last two tests in Melbourne and Sydney as if you're keeping that sort of um, – yep traditional schedule, I guess. The next one, get big name overseas players. Agreed. Um, yes. I think they've done a good job with the with the draft. It was good yeah, to bring that I in. I like that, that concept. Um, it just sort of, it didn't end up working because everyone pulled out and then. Yeah. Yeah. But then ended up signing anyway. Yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, they might need to tweak that. I'm not sure how, though. In the amount of cricket that is being played is the major issue here. I, I think so, yeah. Um, especially with other T20 comps going around um, yeah. at, at similar times. I think there's, what, the Pakistani League, uh, South African yeah, League South now. Yeah, South African one's probably the bigger competition because that's linked with the IPL. Yes, exactly, and that, that's what makes it difficult because uh, with the IPL – Franchise is just throwing money around um, like it's nothing. Um, the BBL finds it hard to match that and yeah. and draw players in. I think obviously the BBL is going to be a better standard of cricket than the South African league, but some players, are, especially T Twenty cricketers, are just in it for the money. Um, yep, hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, yeah, it yeah. makes it difficult, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because in the past, obviously there wasn't any competition, and there were superstars coming like Chris Gale, Kevin Peterson in their yeah. prime, you know. Um, Owen Morgan, Joss Butler, yeah, all those guys. Uh, where have they all gone? You know, they've gone to. Well, I think the prime example. A lot of them have retired. Yeah, (laughs) bad examples. From last season, I think the the example there is Andre Russell. You get him for three games and then he's gone. Exactly. Um, so big name attraction for a few games, but then all of a sudden the excitement's gone, and Mm -hmm. who who the renegades got after that? So so we just need to find a way, and I I don't really have an answer of how to do it, but you just got to find a way to get the biggest names you possibly can for the longest for as long as possible yeah. yeah especially towards the back end of the season i think yeah for, um, especially for finals you know because yeah, yeah. in in finals you tend to get no one it's through that middle it's period where you, you start losing players you start losing uh your big name players and you start seeing these these other guys coming from premier cricket although it's yeah. exciting for guys like us to see these guys who, yeah. we, who we follow doing well and getting opportunities in the big bash some casual fans just be like who's that yeah they're not gonna care no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you need need to find the balance there, but you definitely need overseas players for as mm. long as possible. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the next one, a game on free-to-air TV every single night, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It it's re- makes it really difficult for people to engage with it if they don't have like a Foxtel or, mm. or KO or, or something like that and they don't pay to watch cricket. And I don't think they should have to, especially with the BBL. It should be a free product, free to families um, to watch and engage with because yep. um, that's how you, you draw fans into into the ground um, on match day, yep. uh, I think. Um, when the Big Bash was in its prime, it was on Channel 10. And, exactly. And everyone could watch it. Exactly right. So Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to muck around with with Foxtel or KO, as I said, and it just makes it so much easier. And I think just having that game on each night, you sit down, you, you flick the telly on and the Big Bash is on during summer. Yep. It's great. Um, I think that's the way to go. And then the last one, makes Australian players available. Similar to the overseas player sort of conundrum, um, just having them available, especially during that period of the season when there's international cricket happening. I think 
there's sort of windows opening up towards the back end of the season now where players can come back, um, sort of like Smith, Labashane, Warner did it as well um, yeah. this season. They did it a lot better and they handled a lot a lot better than in previous years. Yeah, I still think you probably need them available for a bit longer, mm. um, like because they left right when finals were sort of kicking into yep. gear. Uh, obviously, you know, test test tour takes precedence, but I think with the scheduling, you just need to. I don't know, move a few things mm. around so they are available. Yeah, because they're, they're the ones that are going to be the ones that draw people in the yeah. in the door, aren't they? Exactly, it's yeah. like you can get your big name overseas players that'll get a few people in, but <laughs> your Smiths, your Labashanes, as I said, they're the ones that are going to get people paying their money um, to go and watch them. Yeah, and, the ground. and it just increases the quality of the cricket as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's been lacking in previous years as well. Yeah. Um, the quality of the pitches haven't helped low scoring, no, but 15. I think, as you mentioned, the quality of the, or well, just the standard of the cricket was so much better yep. um, this like season. And I actually found myself watching it more. More yep. often because I actually enjoyed watching the cricket for, for the cricket. Not, I don't watch it for the entertainment value because, no. yep. um, I don't find it that entertaining. <laughs> um, all right. We'll go on to the next article. Uh, this one is actually on posted on Cricket Australia website, uh, from 2022. Um, this is focuses more on the amount of games and I found this is the only thing I sort of found interesting from this, but it, in 2021, the IPL had 60 games in 51 days. The 2021-22 BBL had 61 games in 54 days. The PSL from 2022 had 34 games in 32 days. And 2021-100 had 34 games in 31 days. And then 2021 CPL had 33 games in 21 days. So I think that just shows you it's sort of just a compare and contrast sort of thing. Um, but it shows you like how much the BBL is trying to cram all these games into this small window. Um, yeah. And it's just not working for me. No. I, yeah, I think the one to follow there's probably you want to follow like the PSL and the hundred. I think you don't want what's it sixty one games. That's that feels like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 it is quite a lot for me. The Vitality Blast in England is the best T Twenty competition in the world. A lot of people wouldn't say that, yep. but um, for me, like the entertainment that you see there, um, the standard of cricket is just above all else for me. Yeah. Um, uh, it, the structure of it is a little bit different because there's so many teams in it. Um, you've got the conferences and everything. Yeah. It's a lot of cricket and you do get some games that sort of get lost a little bit in there. But I think the bigger games, when they schedule them right, it's the way to go. And I think the bit, Australian cricket could definitely take a lot from English cricket as well. Yeah, right. um, the next article on the Sydney Morning Herald, essentially this is saying that the Big Bash at the moment served not to feed an insatiable public appetite for the game, but to dilute the product's appeal. That That is what happened when they uh, increased the number of games. And I, I agree with this statement. It, it has sort of diluted the product a little bit. I think they, they got a little bit greedy seeing how much, how popular it was um, when it sort of peaked um, yep. around well, five, five or six years ago, I think now. Um, and they tried to capitalize on that, but that did it in all the wrong ways. All they yep. had to do was continue with the same formula and exactly. and people would have uh, could have stayed the course almost um, and kept getting people through the door. I think they've yeah, they've just tried a little bit too hard to, to keep trying to improve the product and or improve in quotation marks. Yeah. yeah. Well it wasn't broken so and then they tried to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> so another thing they mention here is just with the rivalries or just the games in general, it's it's the sense that the contest matters. 
Yeah. Um, not the enter- it's not about the entertainment that you can do, have all the fireworks you want. Yeah. Uh, the, right. the big fire things that you've got on the side of the ground, but yeah. it's the contest, the actual cricket itself that matters. That, it, yeah. At the end of the day, that's what people are there for. Exactly. Yeah. They're there to watch a game of cricket. Yeah. Uh, you can have all your stuff on the side, but it's not about that. And I think yeah. they've been focusing too much on that, um, right. especially to get people in the door. And yeah. yeah, this is definitely a big thing for, for Cricket Australia to think about and improve yeah. in the future. Next one is, yeah, this is going on what I was just saying. It, it's not enough to promote the big hits, the flushing stumps and the acrobatic catches without investment in the contest. It's just strangers doing tricks. Mm. And you're not there to to see a circus you're not there to see a concert it's a game of cricket yep and at its core i think that's something that cricket australia has almost forgotten yep um in a sense rivalries i mentioned before but it's connection to the team that you support or getting people to support a team this one to uh, to foster the emotional attachment to teams and dislike of rivals there's just no yeah, real sense of it point, you get yeah. you get a little bit of it in the sydney derby um yeah. there used to be a little bit in the in the the melbourne derby but as well but anymore, yeah. anymore no nah, there's nothing no um we we don't ha- really necessarily have a team that we support um i used to be a stars fan when i was younger but yeah, i've right. just sort of lost interest from it like yeah, there's so- no real engagement there's no no connection to it doesn't help their crap, but yeah, yeah well, uh, that, that doesn't help, but uh, <laughs> it never does. But yeah, but you don't give people mm-hmm. a reason to stick around when they are not exactly when they aren't doing well. Yeah, all right. And the next article here from Channel Seven. Oh, this is just Ricky Ponting. I'm just going to quote the whole thing. Um, what you need. You need the players to be talking up the tournament the whole time. I think the last couple of years has been slightly more negative tone from the players are just, just about how long the tournament is and how many games they're playing. We'll wait and see what the result is at the end of the season. He's right. Uh, he's right. Uh, I think you need your big-name players to be promoting the tournament all the time, talking about it, because um, you can have like just your, your normal squad players just talking it up, but it doesn't really get people in the door. But you need to be letting people know that there's games on all the time, promoting it as much as possible. Because yep. half the time pe- people turn it on and going, oh, my team's playing. I didn't know they were even playing. Yeah. Especially with the 14 games, it doesn't help. But yeah. if people know that games are on, they're going to be more likely to go to games. Um, and that's what you want. You want bigger crowds, better atmosphere. Yeah, you absolutely, absolutely have to let people know. And the, one of the best ways to do that is to, to get your, your big name players talking about it. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he's, he's 100% right. Um, with any tournament, you need to be talking it up if you want people to watch it. I, I think of Adam Zampa, actually. I think um, they were trying to get his opinion on Christmas Day game and everyone's trying to talk it up and he just he shut it down. He didn't want to do it. Which is fair enough. Yeah, I, like I get that. but I think for that example, yeah, to shut it down is yeah, as think, early as possible. I think probably the rudder publicly you need, you need to support it though. Just like, I mean... And then if he doesn't want to play it, he doesn't mm. want to play it. But I think he, he tried to – he was one of the players that actually came out and said that the length of the Big Bash is actually all right. Him and him and Marcus Stoinis um, have actually said in the past that, oh, yeah, it's okay, we enjoy it. Um, yeah, right. It, it's fine. But um, I think, yeah, there's definitely been – uh, a larger majority of players that have come out and said, yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I, I think from their point of view I get it because I know they want to be playing – well, it's just a less congested cricket season, I, mm. I think. Uh, well, obviously, they don't want to be playing too many less matches. They still want to be playing 
cricket, but yeah. just not as, as full on as what it is now. And I think, yeah, it's sort of, it definitely would take a toll on you through the middle of the season when you're trying to get to the back end and you just feel fatigued because of the big bash. And, um, cause like for, well, for some players, you see Fergus O'Neill didn't play any big bash at all. He had a real good time off and he's come yep. back and he's, he's in great form. But yep. some of the big bash guys like Ben McDermott, it, he doesn't get a, a chance to, yeah, no, he's, to stop almost. Exactly, yeah, right. um, no, 100% right. Yeah. So we'll go on to a few of our own ideas here. Um, we've written quite a few things down, but it's yeah. sort of going off what we've, what we've discussed yeah, already. Much, yeah. um, the first one, the sort of one we've had, we've sort of looked at the team's jerseys, something you probably wouldn't necessarily think about too much. Yeah. But you can use those to create identity for the teams. Yep. Um, like I remember a few years ago I, when I was uh, calling the league the Zupa Duper League because every every team had the same templated, just plain coloured kits. Yep. It yep. was awful. There was nothing. They all look like Zupa Dupers. Yep. They were. That, that was. That, I think that was the idea. Yeah. It was, it was stupid. It was poor. I think they've tried to change it up a little bit now, but they're still kind of all the same. Like they're all designed by Nike. Yes. Uh, they all wear black pants. They all have exactly. It's all like like one color and black on like the. Well, side. I think they need to go back to sort of the original days of the Big Bash, hundred percent agree. Where yep. each team had its own sort of identity. All the the kits look different. Melbourne yep. Stars had a great one with the sort of the white striping on the sides. Yep. Um, they wore green and white, and it looked great. Yep. Um, who else? Brisbane Heat had the had, had the big silver, flames, yep. uh, the silver flames yeah, on there. Exactly. Yeah, I think. With the, with the current jerseys, they're all they're like subtle sort of things on the shirts, but you don't want subtle. You want in your face. I, I think you need in your face for, for this. Once yeah. you've established like an identity, you can go a little bit more subtle. But like yeah. with the Renegades, like it's just nothing. There's no identity there. I'm not sure what theirs is. It's just like a, like a it's little. Like, it's like a couple squares thing. Yeah, I'm exactly. Not sure what that is. Yeah. No, it's not really anything, is it? Yeah. Um, the stars still sort of have it, but it's they, ha- not- they have a star, but it's they like it's like star. shaded into the. No. Thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, it just doesn't look as good. Like you yeah. need to have each club being or each franchise just being its own thing. Yep. Like right now, the sit- oh, you can say the strikers and the heat just look way too similar. Almost like yeah, no, yeah. You've got. One team wearing a slightly lighter shade of blue than the other one, yep. and they're both wearing black pants. Yep. And you've got the well, I don't, I don't understand the the concept of the black kits or the away kits. Um, yeah, really. uh, yeah, I don't. Just make sure you shouldn't all, need that. Yeah, exactly. Because each sure team should different enough be distinct from one another. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something to think about. Should we get rid of the music in between the balls, Steve? What do you reckon? Uh, you can slow down games definitely. Do you think it just feels a bit of dead air, or it does feel? Yeah, it sort of. I think that's to the, the purpose. Yeah, it adds to a bit of the atmosphere. It depends on like if you hit a six, sure, play play some music or something because like yeah, he's hit a six. There's a dot ball. I don't. I don't, I don't I, think I they don't do know. that. But yeah, I, yeah, it's up to. Maybe this is more of a footy thing for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But just um, make sure it doesn't <laughs> prolong the game. Just make sure it's like have like a absolutely. Short yeah. yeah, I think one thing they need to do is create more engagement on TV because that is what then you draw people in and because they see it on TV and they go, oh, I want to be there. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the TV engagement thing, and it's, it's, I think a big thing from this is the commentary. The commentary set up last season was awful because they were trying to do it simultaneously with the test matches. So you just had yeah. guys in a in a studio somewhere in a yep. different city trying to commentate on a game that's mm. um, like a, well, hundreds of kilometres away. Yeah, they still do that now as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... <sighs> 
And because it's in at the same time as the test, it's, it sort of feels like the commentary is like the B team, if you know what yes. I mean, and it just makes it feel less important. Or you're getting guys that have been commentating test cricket all day. And then they come into yeah, the big match and they like, couldn't care less, really. Care, yeah. um, so I think yeah. you need to find other commentators to put on the games, local commentators, who can actually do a good job. Yeah, uh, I like – because they, they had Anthony Hudson do it um, a couple of times. And that yeah, felt he did better. okay. Yeah, it felt, it um, felt – I like Anthony of, Hudson. I'm a big yeah, fan of him. So um, I think, yeah, I think they need to find – Maybe just someone who can just do all the BBL commentary and make sure it's someone who doesn't feel like he's just like, oh, who's this random dude? It's got to be some name. Someone you know, but yeah, yeah, even if it's past players who are somewhat decent at commentary or yeah. can, at least can talk. I think commentary in general is probably just a bit of an issue yeah. at cricket at the moment. I'm uh, not a big fan of any of them, Yeah, um, but yeah. Absolutely. This is one you wrote. Yes. Just, just an interesting idea. You want to go through it? Yeah. yeah uh, it's sort of, it's similar to like, Commentary in a sense, but, um, like there's no weekly sort of program that talks about big bash cricket, like no, or any cricket actually for that matter. But, um, like you, I feel like you need something on free to air TV just to, in case you miss a game, cause some mm. people don't record and whatnot. Um, in case you miss a game or just to catch you up on what's going on, what, exactly. what, what so a team's doing. If you're not engaged, in, it, yeah. it helps engage with people. If you're not engaged with the, the season at, from, well, you might be at the start and then you might lose it for a little bit. Yeah. And if you're not through that little bit, you lose it completely. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly happened for me a few times, especially like I haven't paid, I think it was the season before last season. I didn't pay much attention to it and I had no idea what was going on and mm. I had no way to keep up with it other than just going onto the Cricket Australia app and trying yeah. to see results and stuff and looking at ladders. But the ladder doesn't really mean anything to me because yeah. like anything can happen in Big Bash. So just have like a weekly show on Channel 7 where they analyze what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a great idea. Um, the next one, Steve, you want to go through it? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But Yeah, uh, I hate the rules that they've brought in. Like, they got rid of two of them, but I, I don't like the power surge, personally. Cause, no. Because when we play international cricket... There is no power There isn't surge. a power surge. <laughs> so, if you're... Like, Ashton Turner, for example, you know, he's batting at five or whatever per score. If he wants to play for Australia, well, he has to... How's he supposed to practice... Like an exactly. in-game scenario. Exactly like right. He has to go play in the IPL or something. And I don't know if he would play in the IPL, but maybe he would. But, I mean, surely you just want yeah. you want someone in Australia to practice yeah. like a regular yeah. 2020 game. Like, I don't uh, know. That's just me. But. I see why they brought it in and I see why they've kept it. Like, I, I yeah, get it because get it, it, it brings, like, a bit of excitement back into the game, especially if it's getting a bit dead. Like, you can sort of revitalise an innings it, um, by doing it. But, uh, yeah, I... I do agree with you. I think you, we should be preparing players to play international cricket. Yeah. Uh, that should be the top priority it affects above the, all else. It affects the openers as well because you only get four overs compared to six. True. Like someone like Darcy Short, for example, his T20 career is just rock bottom now because yeah. he used to capitalise in the fifth and sixth overs, mm. whereas now it, well, they've had to move. Well, you've got to get yourself in and dropped a, a, yeah, lot, like, a lot quicker, don't you? Yeah. Like, you can't just go yeah. from ball one. Like yeah, some guys like, can, but it's a, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Like you've got to give yourself 10 balls most of the time mm. before you can really, really start to go yeah. um, almost. And you don't you don't see many like 17 ball 50s anymore, especially no. not like you used to um, in the power play. Mm. Um, in, 
sort of like my mind goes back to like your your Craig Simmons almost um yeah. who just go out and dealt the ball um at the start but yeah. um yeah um need a game on every night during school holidays i think this is just a given on free to air tv it yep. goes back to that point um yep. and i think we should only be playing double headers um sort of during midday on weekends or and you can do perth matches that can start a bit later um whenever you want i yeah, guess yeah that's a good option yeah um I, I don't think we should be playing like midweek games um, during the day because no, people just odd. forget they're on or they yeah. don't realise that they're on. I know it's during school holidays, but still, like, yeah. It gets lost in the shuffle it does, yeah. too much, I, I think. Um, I know they've had to do it with the 14 games and playing a full home and away season, yeah. but I think they'll definitely ease the congestion next season with the, the t- going back to the 10 games. Um, build rivalries. I think this is a massive one. Try and do yep. it. Uh, a lot of players talking up the rivalries, um, just talking about the game more, mm. um, make every game feel important, I think, not just like another game in, in the fixture, which is what it feels like at the moment a little bit. Um, and I think this goes back to the point as well with creating a, a sense of pride for everybody's chosen team. Yeah. Like t- having that team identity is crucial. Is crucial. Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah, you want to go through this? Yeah, I've got a few sort of – ideas for how each individual team can create an identity to create a better following. Um, Sydney Sixers and Perth Scorchers, they're both, they're perfect. They're fine. They're, yep. They've got their identity. They're, 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 they're just the winners, basically. They're champions. They know what they're doing. Um, but then I look at teams like, um, Sydney Thunder. Like, I don't really know what they're about. No. Like, who, who are they? So I, for, like, these are just a couple of ideas that I've got. Maybe if you want an identity, you could try and be like the blue collar, hardworking, like yeah, you want to be the blue collar team. You want that's what you want to be known as. Maybe try to appeal to country um, New South Wales, Canberra. Absolutely, that's, you want that's the your target zone. Um, Hobart Hurricanes, you just be the underdogs. You know, that's, I reckon that works that, really well. That's kind of what they are already. You know, um, Hobart's sort of known for being a bit smaller, so just embrace being the underdogs and the um, Brisbane Heat. Um, based off their last like winning streak or whatever, just. Focus on excitement, like they've got some young, exciting yeah. players, whatnot, or just just fix your batting first. Yeah, well, Josh, Josh Brown, he's exciting, you know. Exactly. Just try and build off those. But Max Bryant, he can be exciting, you know. Yep. Guys like that, just that's what you want to do. Um, Renegades, it looks like this is what they're doing. Um, but like you, you guys are experienced because they're. Yeah. <laughs> That used to be the opposite. It used yeah, to be but, them. But yeah, they've yeah. got Finch, they've got Marsh. Apparently they want to get Matthew Wade now. Um, I don't know if it's the way to go. I think they need to focus. I, I know they're doing this to a small degree, but yep. focus on maybe the western northern yep. suburbs of Melbourne. I like think. Geelong, yeah. Um, oh, and Geelong as well, yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, a real go for them. And yeah, that's another option, yeah. the stars sort of focusing more on eastern, um, eastern side because yep. there's definitely two si- two separate sides of Melbourne True, that, are, yeah. that are very, that's very different and de- different um, sort of different audiences, I think is what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, here. I like that. Um, yeah, now I will talk about the stars now, actually. Um, I, I think this is probably one of the main ones, in my opinion. I think – if you want the Big Bash to be more successful, you need the stars to be successful. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're the ones who play in the biggest stadium. So they're yes. going to draw the most Absolutely. people. So I think well, <laughs> they've. But and the MCG looks so so bad when there's a small crowd. Like I went yeah. to to the Brisbane Heat game where Matt Renshaw hit the hit the winning runs off that final ball. Yeah, and that was the one game I went to, and it um it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, um, I'll give them that. But the crowd just looked yeah. so dead in in a one hundred thousand 
Cedar Stadium yeah. um, with about well, 10,000 people there. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't it's look not, great. It's not good. Yeah, but the one thing the Melbourne Stars have forgotten is that they're the Stars. Mm. If you look at their team, how many of them are actually Stars? Bo Webster, great player. <laughs> You say that, but yeah, he's not, he's not really a star, is he? He doesn't get casual fans in the door. No, he's he? not a star. You know what I mean? You, like, you, Maxwell, sure, he's a star. Stoinis, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think not having yeah, Maxwell, injured, so that help. didn't help at but, all. Yeah, you look at, I mean, Tom Rogers is opening the batting. He's not really a star. <laughs> Hilton Carwright, I wouldn't say he's a star. He's a good worker, but he's not a yep, star. Yep. Uh, who else played? Nick Larkin. Oh, yeah, he's a star. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think they James, are planning on yeah, doing something a, about I that. I think they, yeah, yeah. Um, from they what I've to. seen, and obviously they're, yeah. they're looking to trade Zampa, um, yep. which is huge. I think that's massive for the rivalry, by the way, and I yep. would not be surprised if that move has been facilitated by Cricket Australia to just – I think that's get a, a bit move. of spark into it because that's that would have been my recommend, recommendation to them. Just get rid of everyone except maybe Maxwell and then start again. Yeah, I think um, so because I think what they need to do is maybe one thing they could do like focus on the focus on youth and be like look at the stars of tomorrow. Like mm. you get Sutherland, um, Todd Murphy, uh, who else? Yeah, possibly Fraser McGurk, maybe someone like that. I think at the same time you have to have a balance there. I think what yeah, you can 100%. do is you can have your younger players to fill out the squad, but yep. I think you need your really big name players, your star yep. players, to yep. to be your heavy hitters in that side. Have sort of four or five of them, and then have the young guns yep. fill it, no, fill out the rest of the squad. Yep. I think that's the way to go for the Melbourne yep. Stars going forward. Yeah, yeah. Another thing as well. Sorry about this, um, but. Uh, in the Melbourne Stars team, how many Victorians are actually in their team? Not as many as they used to be. Not and, many. And not enough, I don't yeah. think. So they need to try, like like I mentioned Todd Murphy before, the fact that he plays for Sydney, Sydney Sixers, Sixers is yeah. a disgrace. It's like, how they the hell did that happen? Down. And I think um, now that he's played test cricket, if they yeah. got him down, people would actually go to watch him. They, and yeah, he, exactly. he was so good in the big bash as yep. well. Yep, he was brilliant. Um, another person they can target, he's out of contract, Matt Short. Awesome. Yep, out of contract, perfect signing for them. Yep, he's I, a star, I, think, I would it, say. It's the way to go. Yep. Um, can hit big sixes, big ground. Anyway, yeah, so that's, so perfectly, that's yeah. sort of my idea. Um, but, yeah, I think kind of, yeah, the Melbourne Stars are kind of the centre point because they're yeah. – when when the Big Bash was at its best, the Stars, the stars were, were well. doing well. So – Yep, and I think that's that is probably the biggest point that Cricket Australia should go with going forward is yep. creating those team identities. I think that's crucial. Getting yep. fans in the door, keeping fans, retaining fans, um, is what they need to do, and uh, getting big crowds, better atmospheres, just yep. better for everyone, better for cricket, better yep. for Australian cricket, and better for international cricket. Steve, that has been the pitch report, episode seven, I believe. Um, thank you for coming in. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, mate. Had a good time. No, very very good. Um, we will see you next time on the pitch report. Go and follow us on instagram i believe it's pitch report underscore pod we will see you next time thank you for listening everybody this has been the pitch report thank you gonna be over the top oh is it the sign is it the sign bang middle of the side safely he survived